And now it is my great pleasure to welcome our speaker today, our very own Dr. Patrick Cameron. Awesome. So, uh, Sean was just amazing. I was just talking to his mom, and she remembers him when he was this big. <laughs> That's how far he's come. I remember when he was that big. She didn't actually say that, but it's, it's a line, it's a punchline of a joke that I know, so I know a few of them. Remember him? Look at just that big. Um, so, what, you know what, uh, and, 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 and Reverend uh, Connie Nissen did such a great job of presiding this morning, but what I want to do as well is, you know, when we, have a, a, we have an army of practitioners here, and what I'd like to do in this moment is invite all our practitioners to stand up. Would you please do that? So here's Elaine Warwick, they're up in front here, Laura Cameron, Linda Wolf, Reverend Connie Nissen, all our ministers are also practitioners. But anyway, if you, um, and I want to celebrate them and acknowledge their work and their commitment. Uh, so if you feel called to uh, seek support, uh, prayer support for any of them, they're all available. They're always in service. So we like to honor the, the people that have set that intention for the day, but they're all in service. And so what we do now is we'll do a, a song that many of you know. If you're here for the first time, you haven't a clue what I'm talking about, but I understand that, but you'll know in a moment. And we're going to do an affirmative prayer. And what I want to do is to, to make this a little more meaningful today, and what, what uh, I was sort of guided to in this is I'm going to, Maxine, would you come on up here? Because I asked Maxine to help me. She's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but I promise it won't be painful. <laughs> so this is Maxine Warwick. And Maxine, good morning. So um, what I know about prayer, and one of the things that we teach and actually what these practitioners have studied for a number of years is the power of affirmative prayer. And when I was in Brazil with uh, John of God, uh, one of the things I realized how powerful it is, the invitation there was for me to sit in that, that meditation state, or the, as they call it, the current, and, and dwell upon unconditional love, to offer it to everyone and anyone that was seeking that. And what I found was that as I was doing that for others, all that I was praying for for that individual or, or the world or whatever I was guided to in my own awarenesses and sometimes the things that would come up in my own awareness were things that it was an opportunity for me to look at and put down. I realized that my gift was as being of service to others was that I was serving myself. And so to make this a little more real today, rather than me stand up here and, and do my prayer and it's a wonderful opportunity to do that, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that in a moment, but I wanted to bring someone up that, that uh, so my guess is, let me just ask the question, would you like to experience greater love in your life? Absolutely. Um, how about prosperity? Absolutely. And uh, creative expression? Yes. And peace? Yes. And uh, health? Yes. Okay. So anybody else that can identify with that? <laughs> and so I think it's wonderful when we can come together and make this a little more real for ourselves. So you know all of, of uh, Maxine's requests. We don't need to know the story, although sometimes the story needs to pour itself out. We do that in practitioner sessions. And the other piece is, are you in agreement if, with the support and the unconditional love that will be coming your way as a result of this prayer? Absolutely. Okay, because that requires agreement. Where two or more are in agreement, it is done. And so I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, uncross your arms and your legs, because what you do when you cross your arms and legs is you keep all your love for yourself. If you can rest your hands on your, on your lap uh, and, and, and allow this prayer. And so what we invite you to do is hold the, the, the energy and the vibration of unconditional love. Now, we're using Maxine as our touchstone today, but there's also 
this prayer that you offer is the prayer for yourself. There's also, I was just um, uh, requested, there's a little girl by the name of Gracie. Her grandfather came up, Randy came up and asked me if we could include her in the prayers today. She's in a hospital. She's eight months old. So wherever Gracie is as well, and Maxine, let us offer our unconditional love. And, and there's, there's power in this because as we offer that, what happens is whatever is necessary, whatever's right and perfect in this prayer, it finds its way there for Gracie. It finds its there, way there for Maxine. And what we offer and support these two individuals, it comes back to us pressed down and overflowing, contingent upon the subjective nature of our consciousness. So when we, when we allow ourselves to be the presence of unconditional love for another, we become it. So let's know this together. One life, God's life, Spirit's life. This divine power, this divine presence is in and through and as everyone, everything. It is, it is smoke. Let's sing our song first before I get carried away with a prayer. Sorry, you ready? I knew it was going somewhere, I just couldn't remember. But we, I think we all needed to laugh. It was getting pretty tense in here around this prayer. Man, this guy's serious this week. We're going to sing. Maxine, are you a singer? Yes. Oh, sweet. Then I'll bring the microphone up so people can hear you. First service, she wasn't a singer, so I did a solo. <laughs> In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit. very room in this very room in this very room and standing upon that vibration of the most high that this our song and our opening of our lungs and hearts to this awareness this power and presence the one life spirit's life and so what I know in this moment and invite you to know with me as I open to that and the realization and a, and a demonstration and the articulation of what that guides me to, I stand in unconditional love with you this day. I put down anything and everything in this moment, this perfect moment, that restricts that flow of life in and through and as me. There's nothing to fix in this moment, nothing to fear, nothing to anticipate and nothing to regret. This moment is perfect and pristine in every good way. And so I allow my spiritual practice and my forgiveness, my deep forgiveness of self and others to be fully complete in this moment. I suspend my good opinions of others in the world in this moment so that I become that vessel, that clean, hollow vessel of divine expression. And in that, what I hold and so precious and wonderful is that I am knowing in the agreement that I have with Maxine and for Gracie, perfect health. Whatever that means, I know in that their responsibility and opportunity, even with Gracie, is the awareness to be open, to be that clean, hollow vessel of divine expression so that what can assist and allow her to come back into harmony and balance with her physical being as present here and now. I know that there is an army of light workers that are operating within that, that small child as they are for Maxine as they are for all of us. They simply need to be asked. This is my ask. So thank you so much for your assistance and support for Gracie, for Maxine, for the love that longs to be expressed by them uniquely and powerfully. 
thank you for that opening and that opportunity. Thank you for the divine peace that permeates their entire experience. For that peace is my peace as well, the peace that passeth all understanding. For the abundance, for the joy, for the celebration, for the freedom. Freedom and joy. And so I know as we support others in that, we are lifted in that vibration of the Most High and it becomes our experience. And so we stand in this beautiful mystery together. We bask in the, the repose of receptivity, of joy, of peace, of celebration. I know that Maxine's physical being is transformed in every good way from this point forward in a new and powerful way. As is Gracie's, as is mine, as is yours. All it requires in this moment is yes to that mystery and then the mindfulness and doing my work to look at my consciousness and awareness wherever things arise that are not congruent with that idea. I lovingly forgive them, put them down, eradicate them, dissolve them, and dissipate them. For this I give thanks, for the power, for the beauty, for the joy to stand together in love. What a gift, what a, what a, what a privilege. And I invite you to say with me, knowing it is already done in the mind of God and it shows up in our experience, and so it is. And thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, Maxine, for letting us love you up today. You're welcome. And thank you, Stefan. All right. Okay, we'll get Sean out here to sing one more song and we can go home. It's great. As you know, um, if you were here last week, and if you, uh, I was in um, Brazil uh, two weeks, uh, three weeks ago for two weeks with John, this, uh, this uh, experience, John of God. And uh, uh, I'm, still, I'm still trying to find words to express a lot of it because a lot of it's beyond description. But so much of it rem reminded me of the experience we have when we come together in, in a group. And, uh, and as, as Reverend Connie so beautifully said, today at 2 o'clock I'm going to do a, uh, a short PowerPoint. I'm going to show a movie, it's about an hour long, that will explain a lot of the, the ins and outs of it because there's so many details to it I can't possibly share that with you. And we're planning on taking a trip back in November. So hopefully you can, you can join us. If not, uh, we'll do it again. But, so don't feel pressure. It's not the last time. But we are, we are starting the, the planning to look at going back. And, and, uh, what, and my goal with that is I want you to experience this. Remember as a kid, I remember I used to go to my dad and say, Dad, I just saw the best movie ever and you got to go. And I'd, you know, I'd, be, I'd, be, you know, I'd be 10 years old and I just saw Jerry Lewis. And you know, it's the best movie that was ever made. And my dad would not go. And I'm like, oh my God, because you, know, you wanted to share it. It's like, oh my God, so funny. My dad still wouldn't go. But anyway, I want, so that's part of that. that uh, when you have something, something really sweet, I could stand up here for 20 minutes and describe a hamburger to you. Or I could just buy you a really great hamburger or whatever. If you're vegan, you know, I could describe something that would, would work. The, you know, the, whatever we had the other night, that thing. That was good. <laughs> we have stuff at our house. I don't know what you call it, but it's always good. And I know there's no meat in it, because I'm always wondering where the meat is. Um, I, you know, it's funny, I was, a, I was a carnivore for years. I woke up one day and I was a vegan, I didn't even know. And so, but, um, but the point being is that it's hard to describe that. You know what I mean? How do you describe something that is so rich and wonderful and powerful? And reinforces the spiritual path we're on. Because what we teach is God is everywhere present. Everywhere present is spirit. You know, I was thinking about Sean when he's up here singing and, and to watch his evolution and, and, his, and his artistry. I think art, I think fine art is the finest form of spirituality on the planet. Isn't it interesting when things get tight, they always, they always talk about let's cut back the, the money we're giving to the arts because, you know, we've got to teach these kids how to do math, reading and writing. It's all important. 
I'm not saying one or the other, but it's interesting, but it's such an important thing. When Sean was up there, I was thinking about it a, a few years back on American Idol. Um, Adam Lambert was the, um, one of the contestants, and I loved Adam. I thought he was wonderful, and he had just this beautiful voice. And, and Laura, uh, you know, we watched the show, and then we're the judges at home, and we're always in this thing. No, they can't kick that guy off, you know. And, but anyway, uh, so we decided we were going to go home and see my mom, who lives in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. And so the American Idol was having a tour going around the country. They do that every year with them. They were in touring in Minneapolis, and, and, I t- and Laura said, let's go to that concert. And I said, great, let's go. And so what I didn't realize is that when you buy a, a ticket to go to the American Idol concert, everyone there is, is a girl, and they're 14 years old and under. <laughs> and, and the amazing thing was their screaming never stopped. It would just move from one side to the other. And then they would, they'd need to go for, up for air for a little while, and then they'd start in the middle. Ah! So I sat there the whole time going, oh, my God. Whoa, the things we do for love. So we don't even talk about going to another American Idol concert. But we learn. If you don't have that experience, you don't know. And those girls really enjoyed it. <laughs> so what I wanted to share with you today... Um, the hardest, the most, I think the most powerful thing in what we teach is to be in the present moment. It's because life has so many distractions. You know, when I asked you to, to hold the consciousness of unconditional love, I'm sure for some of you where there were thoughts about what you're going to be doing later or what you're going to, you know, the day. And it's just the way the mind works. The mind is busy, busy, busy. And yet it's in those gaps between the thought between this thought and the next thought where we find that, that wonderful connection. And that's why meditation is so powerful and, and, and I think necessary in our practice. Because what meditation allows us to do is to tap into the, the infinite intelligence or it allows us to look at the things that are blocking or restricting our experience of life. And so when we have the quiet time, when I was in Abhijande with uh, uh, medium Shuao was what he refers to himself as, which is J-O-A-O, pronounced Shuao, um, it's um, mostly meditation. And most of it's my work. And there's a vibration there that is so potent and wonderful as, as when we come together and do our prayer work. It's different. It's different when we come together. Isn't better, it's just different. And, and I, I think there's a, a richness to it that is so, so powerful. And so what, in, um, did we, were we okay? Did somebody spill something? Or? Okay, there, okay. Okay, good. I just didn't know him. Um, but... Um, so it's, it's just this powerful, powerful experience, but being in the present moment. And, and it's a challenge. So the, most, the simplest thing in, about what we teach is the only moment is right now. And the hardest thing we teach is the only moment is right now. And so I wanted to share a story with you. It's called The Short and Incredibly Happy Life of Riley. And Riley's a rat. So there he is, The Short and Incredibly Happy Life of Riley. And Riley's got his arm around a little man there. And he's got a piece of cheese in his hand. And it's by Colin Thompson and Amy Lissat. So, everyone wants to live forever. Can you identify? So there's a little baby in a diaper, little bird in front of him with hearts, sending love. And of course, if you, you may not be able to make it out, but the diaper is wet and draining. <laughs> All right. They want to be happy and healthy. Everyone wants to live forever. They want to be health, happy and healthy. And there they are, and he's in love, this man, the little man's in love with his, his sweetheart there. Some of these things are actually quite difficult. 
But some of them are really easy, which might seem surprising because most people hardly manage any of them, at least not all of the time. None of this bothered Riley. There he is. <laughs> See? He's just resting. Riley had been born happy. His earliest memory was being with his brothers and sisters and mom in a big bed with plenty of food and no rain. So he's warm, he's in his little environment there, and he's got his, his uh, hay, and he's eating, he's on top of his mom's tummy, and he's eating another piece of cheese. He was always happy, even when he was asleep. So his dreams were content, too, and there's little hearts as he comes up, he's sleeping there. He was beautiful, and everyone loved him. He was the best, and so were his brothers and sisters and mom. So no doubt, just the best. The best rat ever. The best rat family ever. All Riley wanted was some fruit and maybe a couple of slugs on Tuesday or Friday or, or now and then. People, of course, want more than that, which is a shame because it's all about, it, it's about all you need. Apart, because it's all about, it's about all you need, apart from a cup of tea and some toast and maybe not a slug. People want double fudge, chocolate, caviar, sausage, gourmet, jumbo size, baby cow, sheep, chicken with extra thick whipped cream and MSG sauce burgers. Some of which is gross, some cruel, and most unhealthy. There he is, eating his burger. All Riley wanted was a little stick with a pointy end to scratch a bit of his back. He couldn't reach himself. So he had really simple needs. And people, of course, want more than that. They want microwave, video, DVD, SMS, internet, big car, cost more than yours, gold, diamond, electronic, gigabyte, fastest, biggest, and smallest machines. People, of course, should never be allowed to have sticks with pointy ends <laughs> because they stick them into one another. Riley would look in the mirror and didn't think anything. How many of us can do that? Didn't think anything. There he was, not too big, not too small, simply himself, Riley. People look in the mirror and they get very depressed. People want to be taller, shorter, thinner, here, but much bigger, there, curly, straight, younger, older, less spotty, mustache, smooth skin, golden, tan, suntan, gorgeous, irresistible, not bald and famous in, in a painting. So we want all of those things many times. There's some pictures of what we long for. Oh, that one's upside down and backwards. That's okay, I'll read it to you anyway. <laughs> the only place Riley ever wanted to be was here which he always was. People, of course, want to be everywhere. They want to go to the seaside, ski resort, paradise, dream world, castaway, exclusive, you must be really rich if you can afford to come here, plaza, luxury, get away from it all, anywhere but here, theme park. So there's the little man, he's skiing, and he's, got the, um, he's in Greece, and then there's a little island picture that I don't know if we'll have up or not, but... We all, you know, the, the tendency of the human mind to want to be everywhere at once. Riley fell in love with the first girl he met. There she is. She good looking. He thought she was perfect and the most beautiful girl he'd ever seen. They had lots and lots of perfect children and all lived happily ever after except Kevin. Kevin, who got hit by a bus. But he was still happy because he never saw it coming. He didn't worry about the bus. Probably the first bus he ever ran into. People fall in love all over the place. They fall in love with themselves and as many other people as they can. 
They want to spend the rest of their lives, for at least a month anyway, with the most beautiful, funniest, curviest, clever, but not as clever as me, exciting. I wonder what I ever saw in him, her, my wife, husband, partner, dog, doesn't understand me. Do you, do you come here often? Anyone, everyone in the world. And there she is. And one of the silly things about life is that people who spend so much time not eating what they really want in places where they don't want to be with people they don't like usually live for quite a long time. (laughs) Whereas Riley, who spends all of the time eating his favorite foods in his favorite place with his favorite friends, only lives for a very short time. This is why it's never a good idea for people to compare their lives to animals. You will only end up feeling depressed. Because realizing that rats have a better life than you do is really, really sad. (laughs) And the answer is very simple, really. You just have to be happy with a lot less. Release your inner Riley. Thanks. I didn't write it. I just read it, but thank you. (laughs) Uh, Actually, a member gave me that, gave me several of the books, and I've got a bunch at home, and I thought that'd be a great uh, for the center of a a talk. But it's about, you know, when we say happy with a lot less, I was raised with the idea I'd be happy with what you have, shut up and start whining, because it never seemed like enough. But, But I think what it really is is a perspective to realize that the the portal to present moment is what this story is talking about, that the doorway or the threshold to present moment, awareness and experience, is gratitude. And to be able to look in your environment and find things that you can be grateful for. Not because you have to. Not because to, to deny, but when I was in Abhijandi, they said that you, know, you could go before John of God and, and ask for healings. You could ask for a physical healing, uh, an emotional healing, a spiritual healing. And depending on, on the level of consciousness, it was very interesting in Heather, in Heather Cummings' book, which if you're going to go back to Abhijandi in November with me, uh, I would really encourage you to read. In the book, she talks about someone that came, he was a field worker, and he hurt his back. And what he wanted was the back fixed. He didn't want any deep, meaningful metaphors, things going. He just needed to be able to work to support his family. And so the, the, the powers that be there understand that, and so they provide the healing that's being requested so that the man can go back and provide for his family. I didn't go for that. I went because I didn't go for physical healing. And yet I had the experience. I'll talk a little bit if we have time this, this afternoon about that for a few minutes. But I didn't go for that. I, I went because I wanted to have the experience. And in that experience, I realized there were things that were shifting and changing within me. But the point being is, is that, that, you know, we're all different. We're all made up different. And our experience of love, our experience of abundance, our experience of joy, our experience of vibrancy is all going to be different. But, but what I know we all long for is a greater experience of the infinite in our lives, a greater experience of, of, of God and, a, and an experience of wholeness. It's our divine nature. Why would we all long for healing if we didn't understand that there's something missing in our lives when we're in pain or we're suffering? And so here's this beautiful environment of unconditional love that we are first cousins to. And when we open ourselves to that vibration of the Most High, as they say there, then your 50% is to go about your life, look at your life in a meaningful way, examine it, and find out where you're limiting your experience of, of the infinite. Because it's easy to fall into those traps. As Riley said, you know, if you look out at the humanity, we all want to love. How many places can we love? You know, it's all about the, exterior, the, the exterior experience. 
And, and yet, that exterior experience is the effect. And what creates that is our consciousness, our awareness. So if we have lack alive in our lives, we will experience it in, in our life somewhere. And if that becomes our spiritual practice, because we're, we have free choice and free will to put our energy wherever we decide it should be. And the hard part is catching ourselves when all of a sudden we're, we're reinforcing the ideas of lack or limitation, or I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve, or I'm going to get those guys. All of that, that stuff that we can justify so beautifully in our lives. But what we really do is then we, we limit our experience of being that portal, that divine portal of life. Ralph Waldo Emerson, one of Ernest Holmes' mentors, used to say, become that clean, hollow vessel. And I always like that, that line. In the co-creation work we do, it's really about looking at things in our lives that are limiting our experience. And one of the blessings of this community that I'm so excited about and, so, and I'm so grateful for is that over the last couple of years, we've really invested ourselves in that. Because I realize there's something powerful and wonderful that wants to happen by means of all of us. But I can't get there. I can't outthink God. So I have, my part to do is to look at my own beingness and wherever I'm reacting, wherever I'm triggered by something, to, to go into my prayer chair and do the work so that I can look at that and say, this isn't true. But I'm making it true. I'm giving all my energy to it. And I don't think that's why you, you all invited me to be here. You weren't, some of you weren't here when I came here 10 years ago. But you were part of that invitation. You were doing your own spiritual work. You were doing your own practice. And I was doing the same thing so we could come together and start having these conversations. And your support and your love, and you said to me, you come here and we'll, we'll support you full time so that you can do this work. So please do that. So what, what I get to do is I, I'm a half a step in front of, in front of uh, most people and behind with others. But it doesn't matter. It's just a, I'm using that as an arbitrary scale. But in terms of consciousness, so then, then when I have the opportunity to do that and to be able to, and, and the, the spaciousness in my life to examine where there's limitations going on and see I was a perfect fit for this environment because the limitations I had matched the limitations that were here. The love that was here when I came matched the, the capacity for love that I have. And so as I realized that, you know what, something, something more wonderful wants to happen. So if I can move myself into that consciousness of allowing and living in the mystery, Sean, I think, is going to sing a second song, is Embracing the Mystery. Beautiful, beautiful song. But, but the point being is, I'm sharing this with you because it's, it's how consciousness works in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That little baby over there is only this big. I'll tell that joke in a couple of weeks. If you all come back, will you all promise to come back in two weeks, everybody? We'll put a sticker on your seat, name, somebody's missing, I'm not telling it. So, so Dr. Holmes said this, through the process of thinking, through the process of thinking, we are either repelling or attracting the life we want to live. I mean, it's, it's, it's really simple, but it's so hard because some of those people deserve our judgment, criticism, anger and frustration. And that's the trap I talked about last week. Because we can discern and say, you know what, that's not for me, I don't support that, that's unacceptable. But then, and once we've done that and stated that, we can move back into, but what I'm here for, I'm here for the love. I'm here to support the highest and the best. And the way I start with that is I, I find ways to be loving to myself. I find ways to forgive myself. I find ways to love God. How do I love God? 
I look around in the environment and I'm grateful for all the blessings because everything here, you and I, are a form of that, a highly evolved form of that. And so when we come together and look at one another and we see the face of God, see, there goes God right now. And sometimes God's not awaken people. Sometimes God's fully asleep. There's a challenge. If you read the article in here, I think it's uh, uh, Science of Mind. I wrote the meditation about how people tempt us not to love them on April 8th. Those are really hard because it's easy to love the ones that love us. You know, the people that adore us, I have no problem loving them. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ones that tempt us not to love them. And I talked about it. I used the example of the bomber in Boston. We don't have to love the behavior. But if we get all, we, we get all tied up in, in condemning and judging, it's horrific. It cracks my heart open. I cry when I think about these people. All of that stuff. But what I know is that for me to spin into my own depression and frustration and anger and rage about it, it just limits my capacity to love. So what I want to have is a spiritual discernment to say, I don't support any of that. For me, that is wrong. And, and, I, know that, and, and I know by the, by the law of cause and effect, the, the right and perfect things will happen. So that's not my job. There's other people doing that. The world's full of people condemning that. All we have to do is, is use our discernment, our spiritual discernment to say, that is unacceptable. No. No, 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 no. And then get about the business of reaching for the highest thought possible, which is I know that everyone that was victimized by this emotionally or physically or spiritually has everything they need, and what I'm supporting them is this power for good that is alive in their lives. And to include them in my prayer work, as we included Maxine today, and as we included Gracie. Because you are powerful beyond measure. And the pristine nature of your consciousness transforms the world. But we don't think it does, because we look out in the world and go, oh my God, more bad stuff. And so when we live in bad stuff, what are we supporting? If I get up every morning and I'm scared because the world's a scary place, if I, if I, if I uh, look at it that way, what am I offering to the world of value? More fear? I mean, if we really believe that, we wouldn't even show up here. And there's something within you that calls. There's a call that we answer. The th through the process of our thinking, we are either repelled or attracting the life we want to live. It's hard sometimes. It's, it takes the discipline. Holmes says, I, wrote, I underlined this, didn't share it with the first guys, but don't tell them. Oh, they're coming back next week too, by the way, for the, in two weeks. What we need to do is to start today to make sure that the content of our conscious thought is good and think clearly and definitely about it. What occurs then is similar to drops of clear water falling into a glass of murky, inky water. Not much appears to have changed with the first drop, but slowly and surely the water in the glass becomes clearer and clearer until it's as clear as the drops that fall into it. Life is what we make it, thought by thought. It's, it can be so tedious at the beginning when we're unraveling all these habitual ways of being. That's what I found. It can be so tedious. So I needed the classes. I needed the practitioners, the ministers, the, the message, the music, the, the environment of the community. And you know what? I still need it. I still need it. But it's, but it's not a bad thing for me to need it because it feeds me so beautifully. And it allows me to be the, the best person I can possibly be. See, what, what I want to be, I think, I think every man wants to be. 
on this planet is a hero. And I think that, 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 that there's something wired in us in the DNA that wants to show up and be a hero for ourselves and for others, that people can rely on us, that people can count on us. When the worst of the worst shows up, we can stand in the dust and the rubble and, and man up. And, and for ladies, it's to celebrate your, your divine gifts of nurturing and creativity. And what would this world look like without moms? And nurturing and being patient with children that at times feel like, oh my God, where'd this kid come from? But, but this is how we stretch and grow. And, then, and, then, and, and what I think all women want to be is, is that, that form of the goddess. You know, and, and, and this movement that Anna did a few months ago, Anna Beaumont, in the, in the One Billion Rising, it was in celebration and honoring and lifting women up. We all want that. We all want to be celebrated. And so when we, when we, when we bask in the, the anger and the frustration, we just get angry and angry and angry. I can't be the best I want to be. When I left, the last prayer I said when I was in Abhijande, and I've used it every day, is, is thank you, infinite intelligence, this, this army of light that I'm so aware of now that we're immersed in right now. It's like smoke. It's everywhere present. And we must ask for its help, but thank you so much. I'm so, I stand in the gratitude of make, helping make me the best person I can be, the best man I can be, the best husband I can be, the best minister I can be. And then I get to, and then I get to look at my own awarenesses because things come up that are contrary to that. And then I get to make new choices. So that's my part. What are the highest and best possible thoughts I can reach for? You know, and, and, and this little story about Riley. Riley would look in the mirror and just go, cool, look at me. <laughs> so your, your opportunity this week is to look in the mirror this week and just go, wow, amazing, amazing. I know what you've been through just living on this planet. It's work. And all of the opinions and all of the things that come at us, but to celebrate who we are in this moment. We've all made mistakes, but that's part of the curriculum. We've all been brought to our knees at times. That's part of the curriculum. And then it's about stepping into the forgiveness of ourselves, the forgiveness of others. When I was in Abhijandi, I realized it so clearly. There's nothing to fear. It was so clear to me. I still feel that way. I came back, everything looks different. And what it was 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 an intensified uh, experience of what we do here for a, a couple hours on a Sunday. And it was just, it, it was the same language. I didn't have to learn the language I stepped into it and I go, oh my gosh, I know this. You know, when I went before the, 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 the John of God or medium Shuao and the, the medium that he had, the, the, the consciousness he'd incorporated just looked at me and I know he, he just said, here's someone that knows what it is to be of service. Go sit down and hold the consciousness for everyone that's seeking healing. And the work is done in the, in the current. In such a rich environment of unconditional love, you're like, wow. And it was interesting because I learned that meditation technique from Llewellyn Von Lee several years earlier. And it's one of my favorite meditations. You create the environment of unconditional love and then any ideas or thoughts that come into it, you dissolve them into unconditional love. Simple, simple, simple. But hard to do because you've got to sit down, you've got to meditate. And then you've got to pay attention. It's so much easier to run over there and run over there and do this and fix this and condemn that and judge that. And then let's get into fear about uh, finances. Anybody here have enough money to live the rest of their lives? There you go. Not a whole lot of hands going up. 
What it is is about living in that fear and understanding that there's a divine flow. There's a, we are not in this alone. There's no place in Scripture where Jesus talks to the disciples or, or any of them and says, guys, we have no place to spend tonight. We've got to find food. It's to live in that faith and that consciousness. And sometimes it's asking people for help. We think, I mean, in this culture, we think it's bad. It's a weakness to ask for help. Oh, I got this. I'm a metaphysician. I'm going to do an affirmative prayer. I'm going to fix it all. Well, maybe the gift in it is to ask someone for help because you help shift their consciousness. So it's, a, it's fascinating. As above, so below. It's fascinating, wonderful, powerful stuff. Ernest Holmes in... Uh, Actually, I won't have time for that. I'll get Sean back up here. In Heather Cummings' book, Heather works, if you come to the video, Heather works as, as Medium Shuao's uh, first assistant, basically. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing woman. Um, been with him 10 years, and she speaks Brazilian or Portuguese, and she speaks English very beautifully, and she has the hotel where, and the tour, and I'll show the, the pictures this afternoon. But in her book, she brought up the Lord's Prayer. And I'd never heard it this way before when I read it. And I want to leave you with this today because it's so beautiful and I think it speaks to how we approach spirituality. And the Lord's Prayer, as she says, as Heather says in this, it's from, it directly translated from Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus spoke, to English. The Lord's Prayer that most of us experience in our lives goes from Aramaic to Greek to Latin to Old English to Modern English. I don't know about you, but... Chances are some of the words got a little skewed in the, in the translation. This is directly from the Aramaic, the language of Jesus to English. O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Is this not there's one life? That life is mine right now, alive in me. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desires. So our intention and our actions about that intention are congruent. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and to flourish. What do I need to grow so that I can flourish? Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglement of past mistakes. Forgiveness. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment, which so beautifully, Riley so beautifully talks about in, his, in that story. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, the birther, power, and fulfillment as all is gathered and is made whole once again. It's healing the separation. Such a beautiful prayer. I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, I've never heard the Lord's Prayer that way before. So you are the thing itself. Your, your, your opportunity, my opportunity, what is the highest possible thought I can reach for? And it doesn't mean we're not going to judge. It doesn't mean we're not going to get upset. It doesn't mean we're not going to run into uh, obstacles. But when we run into them, how, how quickly can we process it enough with the clarity and the wisdom to realize that to pour more energy into that is not to, in my highest and best good? And to bring myself back into the awareness, I can do this. That's over with. And I've learned from it. There are things that if I've done things that have hurt people, I'm going to do my forgiveness work. I'm going to make amends. And then I'm going to go over here and say, you know what? I've done that before. And that's what I'm, I've taken from that. I'm not going to do that anymore. 
And that's the spiritual life. It's never not responding, reacting. It's simply having the awareness and the grace to realize and having the divine discernment to say, I'm going to pick a, 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 a higher thought, a higher experience, and a way of being. And you are that. You were called here today. I was called here to be with you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your welcome. You were doing that and I was doing that at some deep, deep level. And it's a beautiful thing. There's nothing to fear. There's only this moment to choose in and to move forward from and use our past experience and our history to guide the present moment choices. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for your beautiful choices, your beautiful thoughts. So it is.